Investing in your business can be a wonderful way to grow wealth and live the life you want. That's what I'm doing. But investing in someone else's business can be even better. In my opinion, this is the best way to generate true passive income streams. Through ETFs or exchange-traded funds, you can buy a basket of shares in different companies in one trade. BetaShares offers Australia's broadest range of ETFs, including the Global Cashflow Kings ETF, ticker symbol CFLO, which lets you invest in 200 companies with high levels of free cash flow, such as Visa and Costco, in one ETF. You can learn more about CFLO and the BetaShares fund range by visiting betashares.com.au. Read the PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Welcome to RASC's Australian Business Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who dare to leave the world in a better place and get paid while we do it. This podcast will make you a better business owner, investor, founder, or entrepreneur. If you want to start a business or already have one, please subscribe to the series or share it with your friends, business partner, or colleagues. And don't forget to consider taking our free business course, which includes heaps of templates for creating business plans, HR documents, employee files, all of my software recommendations, and more. The course is completely free and available via the link in your podcast player. Okay, let's get into the episode. Daniel, Jordan, thanks for joining me on the business podcast, as thanks always. Thanks Yeah, thank you. First remote recording. Oh, well, we've done one or two before, but this is the first one with, and live, first one that we've done with a microphone and headphones. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we geared up for this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit of a technical issues, but we called in uh, the IT support. Daniel, who is IT support, um, <laughs> jumped in the other room and, and helped us out. Um, but we're talking, we've got some questions sent through for the podcast. If you want to send a question through to the podcast, you can send that in the description of the, the video or in the podcast audio. There's a, a link that says ask a question. Just select the Australian business podcast. We love your questions. It's probably like the best part of the, the podcast, to be honest. It's like to hear your story and the challenges that you have so we can help out. Um, and you can also, I think you can also comment if you're watching live. We've just kind of done this ad hoc. I said to the guys five minutes ago, I'm like, hey, do you want to just do this live? I'm like, sure. What can happen? That's kind of Live questions as well. Great. Yeah. No pressure at all. This is great. Okay. So the first question that we got has come through from Gaz, who asked us, I have a small business that ran at a slight loss for three years, which is pretty normal, I guess, for a lot of businesses. Now it's making a profit of $100,000 per year before tax. Uh, can a private business like mine pay me franking credits if it pays tax? I know big companies pay franking credits. I'm thinking mine can do that too. If so, how does it work with the accounting? So business at a loss for a few years, now making a profit, someone thinking, can I pay myself dividends? And can I pay myself franking credits, which I get from like Commonwealth Bank shares or all those shares in my brokerage account? What do you guys say? Uh, The short answer is absolutely. So hard to sort of just comment straight away and go, oh, you can pay X amount or you want to do X amount um, because it really depends on what sort of taxable bracket you're sitting at, what works from a tax point of view. Um, But long story short, as long as you've paid some company tax and the following year after that, you can more or less pay yourself dividends up to the value of your sort of, your retained earnings at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll just jump in. The good thing about that as well is, you can also utilize those losses. So if you're running at a loss for one, two, or three years, in year four, if you're running at a profit, those prior losses can then offset those profits so you don't have to pay any company tax if those losses cover what your profit is. 
So, so that's what I, I think that's where I was going to go with that. So if, for example, Gaz's business had lost 25, 25, 25, which is like 75 mm-hmm. uh, in the last three years, and now he's got 100, so he's paying tax theoretically on the plus 25. Yeah, in a perfect Correct. world with no ad backs or anything, but just to keep it simple, yeah, spot on. Yeah, spot so on. then, and then so if he paid tax on 25, let's hypothetically say at 30%, like five mm-hmm. to ten grand, yeah. somewhere like that. Yeah, that would be the company tax paid. Mm-hmm. Then franking credits are only able to be paid when you've paid tax, right? So he wouldn't be able to just pay franking credits until he's paid that twenty-five grand, or the tax on the twenty-five grand. Correct. The franking credit only occurs on payment. So once you've paid the tax, that's when the franking credit is recorded. You okay. may have been, it might be sitting there as an accrual, so you've lodged the return but physically haven't paid it. You physically have to pay those funds for it to be a franking credit to then on a future date to use sort of personally when you get paid that dividend. Okay. So then if at June 30th he's paid the ATO his money or like mm-hmm. during his bass or whatever, um, he would be paying the cash for the dividend if he wants the franking credits next financial year, so like July, August, September, something like that. Yeah, whenever he does his return, that's correct. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Well, that's actually a pretty good spot to be in, and this is a massive. I haven't paid a dividend before, but mm-hmm. I'd imagine that that's a massive return of profits to the owner of a company, which is great. Or mm-hmm. owners, if you've got shareholders, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Even even from a private point of view, that's where you know tax planning comes really, really important in terms of sort of maximizing lower tax brackets and you know planning out you know, the dividends that you're going to withdraw at what point in time and what you're going to do with them. You know, yeah. if, if then it flows back to what are you going to use those dividends for? Um, are there, you know, better tax strategies? Are there better ways to spend the money within the company and get deductions? That's where sort of tax planning around this time of year becomes really, really crucial for businesses like that that do have a surplus and don't really know what to do with it um, because sometimes just withdrawing it is not the best strategy long term. Yeah, I imagine you get a lot of people coming to you guys now like as we approach the end of the financial year, when people are starting to realize like the dots are lining up and they're saying, well, I've actually got this cash left over. What's the best way to use it? That's what this one is for. Yeah, it's fantastic. Can I ask, this is totally unrelated, catching you guys off guard. Is there changes coming to the instant asset write-off? Potentially, not that I've sort of read, none that have been legislated just yet, Um, but the instant asset write-off is temporary at the moment and they have been sort of advertising it, if you want to call it advertising it, but has been telling everyone it is temporary regardless. So there wasn't an end date, so there might be an end date coming soon. Um, mm. I'm not too sure. Yep, that's cool. Um, the next question came through from our Instagram yesterday or day before. Mel got it for us. Um, so I don't know the name of the person who asked it, but um, they said, when is it best to set up a company structure versus a, being a sole trader? This is a question I get a lot, and uh, we've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but when? what's your general feedback to folks? Um, it really depends on, one, the industry that you work in and what type of risks are involved, how much assets you hold in your personal name. You know, Beyond tax itself, there's a liability component um, mm. that you want to sort of protect yourself with. We, Jordan and I sort of as, as grace-based advisory, we've got a rule of thumb of about turnover of about 250000 That's our rule of thumb. If you're turning over more than 250000 we generally recommend that you start setting up as a company, right? Because at that point in time, as your turnover continues to increase, we're assuming and hoping and that your bottom line is increasing as well. So we want to be capping profits if we can at that 25% tax rate you know, if you're a base rate entity. Um, 
So 250,000 turnover is generally our rule of thumb, but we have done it earlier. We have done it from the start, and it really depends on the business itself, the owner, the assets, what liabilities are around. Some people just want to set up straight away because transitioning from sole trader and company can be quite difficult. I was going to say tax and stuff like that. No, more setting up new bank accounts, new ABNs, new supplier accounts. You're more or less starting a brand new business. Same name, same everything potentially, but all the logistics in the back end, new insurances, new certificate of currencies, new employment contracts, it just becomes a bit tedious. So some people that know that, you know, quite confident within within themselves know they're going to, you know, do this long term and want to, you know, start turning over decent amounts growing their business company from the start is probably the best way to do it logistically and like you said just to double click on that we talk about this in the free course that um the company structure also has some legal benefits which you mentioned um just around like separating assets from the personal name i have a few friends that are in this situation with their small businesses where they should definitely be in a company structure and they just have been reluctant to make the shift um but they're in those industries where things can go wrong they can get sued Mm -hmm. things can break um those kind of like you know industries where they're kind of asset heavy as well where you probably want like a company structure wrapped around that so that's a great thing i think we spoke about this with andrew Henshaw from um, from Velocity Legal. He was on the show and he talked about this. And so you can change, um, but like the guys are saying, just make sure you think forward about where you're at and where you're going. Uh, and that's really important. And there's another question on this, guys. Um, this comes from Caitlin. And Caitlin said, can I work and live overseas whilst working as a sole trader or personal company in Australia? Thank you. What? Yeah, totally. say, say that again. So the how's that for a complex tax question? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess the question is, they want to work overseas while also having a business here in Australia. I guess. Yeah. Um, obviously, this is like a pretty complex one from a tax residency perspective. So people yeah. should get expert advice on this. But is like, have you guys ever come across this? Yeah, there's there's quite a few tests. That- you need to pass for that as an as an Aussie. You general generally again, yeah. very general. Your tax on your worldwide income. Um, so it just depends. There's a few different tests that you'd have to run, and every scenario is different. Can you do that from a business operations perspective? Yeah, by all means. If the type of business you're in allows you to do that, then for sure. But to comment on the the tax residency, you probably need a bit more information. It's probably yeah. a bit vague, to be honest. Yeah, because um, like obviously there's the uh, tax residency for the individual, which I'm not mistaken is if you're in the country as a taxable person for 186 days or so, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like the ATO will treat you as a, as a tax resident. Nice. Um, so it would then depend on who they are, their citizenship or residency, exactly. um, the type of business structure, like is it a company in Australia or is it a sole trader? Um, maybe just reach out to the guys just to throw you guys under the bus here. Caitlin, reach, reach out to Jordan and Daniel um, and just give them a bit more information and they should be able to help you out. Um, okay, we've got two more uh, questions here and these are a bit more, um, I guess, meaty. And this is a really good one from Jeff, actually. Uh, my name is Jeff says, <laughs> um, says, I have a mobile PT business in, in the Brisbane. As my business is in its first two years, and I need to grow. I budgeted $1,000 a month to spend on marketing, which is quite a fair bit, to be honest, for a small business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were running a PT business, how would you spend the $1,000? FYI, my business is mobile, so I'm happy to travel around a bit, and we already have a simple website to get in contact with me. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Slot. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Um, 
the thing with marketing is it's really is endless. There's so many different avenues you can go down and it can become a money pit very quickly as well. So if you want instant results, you're going to have to do some type of pay-per-click advertising where it's either Google ads, Facebook ads, YouTube, whatever it may be. Um, and you're going to have to pay per lead. Whereas if you go down like an SEO type of path, that's more of a slow grind. You're not going to have those instant results. It's a, it's a long game form of marketing. So I think in the PT space, have a listen to, um, uh, what's his name? Alex Formosi. He talked, he started a business like that, um, where he just focuses on this type of stuff for gyms. And he's got a really good book as well called hundred million dollar offers. So I definitely recommend that for our, yeah, we can do another book club on that. That's a, it's a, it's a cracker, that one. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and he talks about having like a certain landing page where you're giving the client some type of um, offer where it's either like a, a, a diet or a workout plan to get that lead. And then using, he uses Facebook for retargeting. But you can just collect those leads yourself and even use email marketing, which costs you nothing. It's just time. Um but I guess if I was to do it and I needed instant results, I'd definitely be using Facebook ads or um, mm. Google ads. Mm. Yeah. Getting that socials for a PT is really, really important because there's so much, so much competition out there. Mm. So creating content on social and, you know, distributing it as best you can is probably going to have the best result. I have to say we're not marketing experts, but yeah. um, mm. do your research is probably what my recommendation is. Do your research. Find where your leads are coming from and focus on that area. Yeah. I think. I think a thousand bucks a month is a lot to spend. Um, I think what they'll find, Jeff will find in this instance, is uh, they'll probably fill up, you know, if they do the right marketing pretty quick. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a good idea to, to have a budget on marketing because it's very easy to get ahead of yourself. But I feel like any type of service-based business, a lot of it's like word of mouth as well, like good, like satisfied customers recommend their, their customers. Yeah. Other than if you are at a gym, which as far as I know, you pay a percentage to the gym or you have to earn it through like sweat equity where you you will work at the gym for a certain number of hours a week to pay for your share of the rent kind of thing, yeah. um, which I'm not – that's a bit of a gray area for me. I don't, that doesn't sound – like doesn't sit too well with me. Yeah. There's another, sorry, um, good book as well. It's a, written by, I'm pretty sure it's an Aussie author, um, The One Page Marketing Plan. Oh, so yeah, no- I that. Yeah, and that's um, it's really good because he really steps through how to get your branding done properly, your message, and how to target a certain niche. So that's also, and it's a really easy read as well. Um, that's also a really good book to to try and work out what you should be doing for your marketing. Yeah, um, what was the name of the Alex uh, Holmosey book? Hundred million dollar offers. Hundred million dollar offers. Um, yeah, I, I love it when Aussies, because we talked about this last time. I said that there's not enough Aussies writing these good books, and you were like, no, actually, there's like four or five. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's great. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, go and pick up the books. I think another good book for this is, like, Permission Marketing, which is, like, really simple type stuff of, like, you are talking about it then. Like, one thing that the RAS business was built on um, was this idea of you just give, 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 and then you take. Whereas most businesses, when they think about, like, creating content or, um, designing a marketing strategy, it's almost like how much money can I do now to get an instant reward? Like you said, pay for a click. Um, whereas a business like this is really service-based and you want fewer high-quality clients rather than just heaps of just crap coming through yeah, the door. So true. Um, Alex talks on. about the same thing where he says load up at the start with in terms of value. So again, so like diet plans, nutrition, workout plans, give as much value as you can at the start Um so that way, when you do get those leads, they're they're wrapped with your your level of service. Mm, yeah, and I, 
I, I, I couldn't agree more. And those types of things don't cost a lot. So for a thousand bucks a month, one of the things that you have early on in your journey as a business owner is you tend to have more time, unless you're going straight into like hospitality or something crazy like yeah. that. Um, you tend to have more time than you think, but you tend to have less capital. But as time goes on, you have more capital, but less time. So you want to create those systems and try those things out now that are pretty low cost and just take your time. So I, you know what? I, I find a lot of people are actually going heard some interesting comments lately around people actually going like backwards in time, like going from like using pure digital stuff to using like pamphlet drops uh, and these types of things, like going to like community events and dropping your business cards off, like those types of things. It's almost like it's having a bit of a renaissance, like people are coming back into it, um, which is great. But yeah, good, 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 good question, Jeff, and uh, all the best with it. The final one is going to be interesting. And this one came through from Instagram uh, because I was doing – I've been trying this out. As I imagine, like hundreds of thousands of business owners have been right now. I'm sure you guys have too. Uh, it comes from Instagram. So I don't know the name of the, the questioner, but they said, how have businesses utilized chat GPT into their business or even different types of AI? Obviously, huge buzzwords. We could talk all day about this. Um, how have you guys used it or how have you seen business owners use it? Maybe chat GPT. Ask the question. I'm trying to get a free client. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm just taking over. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic tool, especially for, for small businesses. Like from our point of view, um, for us, sometimes writing templates and letters can become a bit like, oh, how do you word this? You're going to put this sentence here, do this, bit of formatting. ChatGPT is fantastic. It's like, hey, I need this, 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 about this, 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 this. And it's fantastic from, you know, non-disclosure agreements, some basic non-disclosure agreements to um, letters of offers, um, potentially some jury duty letters, like little things that used to take us a little bit of time unless you already had a template can just be easily generated, updated, reworded. One of the um, interesting use cases I had with a client wasn't for us. It was he had a bad review on Google and he's and he, he didn't know how to word the response and he put it in chat GPT and I was like, who was like unbelievable response? Couldn't, couldn't really? have worded it any better. And um, so, yeah, that's another one. Like you can leave comments for reviews because that can be time-consuming as well. Um, what we see with um, some of our social media agency clients and agency clients is they're using them to even create like thumbnails, um, taglines for your Instagram posts. It's um, even even photos. So, I mean, it's, it's really endless. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen for anyone that's watching the video because we talk about this a lot on um, – on the show, but we haven't actually done a live show like this where we've got video. So I'll show you because you guys love Notion. We always talk about Notion on the show and I'll tell you how I've been using it. Like I've been going through a lot of different things in the back end lately, like around like legal and compliance and stuff like that. And as you guys know, like the compliance framework in everywhere is really complicated and quite dry. So what you can actually do is you can ask ChatGPT to give you like a summary of like the legislation. So if you're in Notion, you just press spacebar and then you go, can you tell me how to apply for a tax agent's license in Australia? Um, and it will write something and it will give you what you kind of what you kind of need to know. But then you can also take that to whoever you're going to meet with, like a lawyer or someone like that or a business colleague, and you can ask them to, you can just you get this as a brief and then you don't sound like a deal when you rock up and you're asking all the dumb questions. Uh, it's not always accurate, but I've used this I'm recently. Finished. Our jobs are finished. <laughs> <laughs> I did this. I did this for financial advice. So, so 
So, can I tell you, my mind is blown. I have no idea you can do that on Notion. Blown. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is so accurate as well. Like, it's so accurate. <laughs> but it's true, right? Like, if you could say, like, um, like, how do I, how do I get my personal training? license in new south wales and it will i don't even know that there's a license for that certificate for and fitness there you go um and it will, even a marketing question where should i spend a thousand dollars on marketing oh yeah let's let's chuck it in so um where should i spend one thousand dollars on marketing my let's see if it picks up my error personal training business See, we'll see if maybe it recommends Alex Hormozzi. <laughs> Could you please clarify your request? Um, I don't see any context in the document. Ah, right. Okay. Needs to know. So there you go. We found an error. Can't tell us how to do marketing. Let's become marketers for the rest yeah. of no, the I think it's, I think it's trying to base it around your first two questions. Okay. So, so I think maybe start a new page. Okay. If, okay. Um, page. For anyone that's listening, we're trying to trick chat GPT twice. Um, to see if it can actually do it. So um, if, okay, Spacebar, if I have $1,000 to market my personal training business, what are five strategies you would uh, recommend? See what I have. Okay, create a website, social media advertising, offer free sessions, a referral program, networking. Um, okay. There you go. Right. So Grace Coast Advisor is now bolting on marketing. Thanks to ChatGPT. You can create a website with Wix or Squarespace. Jeez, it tells you everything. Um, and then you could get it to write the copy for your advertising if, mm. if you feed it like your company values or whatever. Um, so there we go. And that's the end of the podcast. And we're all going to be we need universal income because we're all done. <laughs> So, oh, anyway, wow. but there's like that's an example of like how you can use it in multiple ways. And we always use Notion. If you have the paid version of Notion, you get a certain number of chat GPT integrations that you can ask it questions uh, every month, I believe. So, and then you got to pay a bit more to go to the next level up. But it's really cool because you can do your work in Notion and have all your data pulled in by your own APIs and then get it to ask questions based on your own data and stuff. It's pretty cool. That it's pretty cool. powerful. Um, so in, in terms of internal management, it's amazing. You can use it for external stuff as you guys are talking about. Mm -hmm. um, all those things that you kind of don't want to do, just ask it and see what it will do. Um, it's pretty cool. So if people want to get in contact with us, like we do these, we're hoping to do these Q&As every uh, fortnight if we can. Um, we want to, you know, just kind of get your feedback on the show, on the Australian Business Podcast. Uh, we want to be able to support you in any way we can uh, through the podcast, through questions, through the other stuff that we do. I think Jordan's super keen on a book club and doing some more book reviews, but he is the number one reader amongst the three of us. Um, just reads probably more than Daniel and I put together, to be honest. But um, so, so we'll, we'll yeah. lean on him a bit for that. But um, get in contact with us uh, and get in contact with Grace Space Advisory. These guys are based out of Sydney, but, you know, the business health check is available if you click the link in your podcast player or in the video for this. Um, we know that some listeners have already reached out to them, which is fantastic. Get them to give you a second opinion on your business structure, your tax, whatever, uh, and send us suggestions. And that's about it, fellas. That's awesome. about it. Thanks, mate. Thanks, well, wonderful, fun. guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for doing your first live with me. Hopefully, we thanks can do so. a few more in the future. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your Friday. You too. Fun. Thanks. Hey, mate. Cheers, guys.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Business Podcast. I think this series is best served with my free business course on RASC education. My free course includes all of my notes, templates, employment guides, legal documents, marketing strategies, software recommendation, and ideas for starting and running a small business. If you're a small business owner or an expert like an accountant, lawyer, investor, or entrepreneur, I want to hear from you. I'm not 100% sure what we're going to do with this podcast series, so I'm looking for sponsors as well as potential co-hosts, and of course, I'm eager to invest in businesses run by talented people. If you're looking for a supporter or advisor, a silent partner, or even an investor to support your growth, I can help. Please contact me via the RASC website. Finally, if this podcast or the course helps you, I only ask that you please help me by sharing it with one friend, colleague, or family member who runs a business. Thanks for listening.